0: This podcast is brought to you by Caravella Coffee. Welcome to Origin Compass, where we look at all things coffee from the origin perspective. Hello and welcome to episode two of Origin Compass. I'm Rory Gown and I'll be hosting the podcast on logistics today. As it says in the introduction, in this podcast, our focus in general is origin. And here at Origin, the logistics of getting coffee from the farms, to the warehouses, to the mill and to the port are not without their complications. But today we wanted to look at logistics after Origin. And so we will be talking to Grant Daniel about logistics on the other side. We will have a bit of a discussion about moving coffee in general. And then we will look at how these have had to adapt to the COVID era. Grant is Caravella's Logistics Coordinator for North America, and in this episode, he's going to give us an insight into his day today. So, Grant, welcome. Uh, How are you doing today? Where are you? Uh, I'm all right, thank you.
1: Uh, I'm currently in Durham, North Carolina, about 25 minutes down the road from our North American office in Chapel Hill.
0: Nice, nice, nice. So I thought to start with, maybe we could start off with a bit of an overview of what logistics in the coffee industry means, and how normal complications can arise every day. What are the normal things which tend to happen?
1: Right. Uh, Well, I like to think of it as everything involved in getting coffee from point A to point B, (laughs) Uh, coordinating the movement of coffee from the receiving warehouse at Origin to the destination warehouse. Uh, sometimes all the way through to the roaster itself. Uh, this includes obtaining freight contracts uh, which are used to to book the, the, the ocean shipments, uh, sending shipping instructions to the exporters so they know w- uh, what contracts to pack and uh, how, what's supposed to go on what container, um, booking the containers, Receiving paperwork from exporters, filing paperwork with the Customs and Border Patrol and the whatever Food and Drug Administration of the the destination country. Uh, Paying for freight services, making sure that those freight payments have in fact been received. That's a very important step. Uh, Making sure the bills of lading or their digital equivalent have been received by the shipping line at destination. Uh, a, a lot different countries have uh, different regulations about that, so uh, there's no kind of like one size fits all in terms of keeping on top of those issues. Uh, sending documents to, to destination warehouses, letting them know what's, what to expect. Uh, and then once uh, rec- receiving that uh, inbound paperwork from the warehouses, uh, and then sending notices and uh, arrival samples to customers.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so just one thing you mentioned there, which maybe a few people won't know exactly what this is. What what is the the bills of lading? Uh,
1: the bill of lading is basically it's it's the the deed or the title to the to the contents of the container, the shipping container. Um, okay. So without that, you know, it's basically like your claim to the coffee. Uh, and you need to be uh, you know, meticulously specific about the, the information regarding the consignee, uh, the, make sure all the information about the contents is correct, uh, make sure that the, the location of the payment is accurate. Uh, that's, an, that's another pitfall is that if it says that payment, freight payment is to be made at destination when your contract rate actually specifies that it's supposed to be paid elsewhere, um that that can cause you to, to have to correct it and if it's a, a hard copy bill of lading, it can may mean that you have to do a new you have to send back the old bills of lading and receive new ones. Um, so you definitely want to avoid that at all costs.
0: Um okay so Grunt thanks you just mentioned a bunch of steps, many things that have to be taken into account in terms of the logistics of moving coffee around. So I imagine there's like quite a few things that can go wrong in normal circumstances. What are the kind of typical things that tend to go awry when you're transporting coffee?
1: Uh, yes, I, mean, I, I should have said that the the above list is uh, in, including but not limited to. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of other things that need to happen. Um I mean, as far as what qualifies as normal in the 21st century that's a good question <laughs> but uh some issues that that you know we've encountered and will likely experience again are say labor actions uh, like strikes at ports and terminal yards those can those can affect movement uh transportation strikes at origin I know there's a, a trucker strike in Colombia I feel like there's been several in the, in the over the past few years. Uh, container congestion at heavily used transshipment ports such uh, like Panama uh, and then a destination terminal yard equipment shortages, like the chassis that are used to actually like load the container and take it from the the port terminal to the warehouse
0: okay and uh, Grom, one thing what exactly is the chassis
1: No oh chassis it's uh it's it's like the the empty lorry bed. Basically, you know, it's like with a lorry, you've got like the truck, like the cab with the engine and everything. And then you have the and then you have the thing that attaches to it. Uh, and so for you need a, you need an empty one of those to uh, to load a 20 foot container or a 40 foot container onto and then and then truck it to 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 the warehouse or, or once it's empty from. And then once it's empty from the warehouse back to the terminal yard because what you're yeah what's what you're leasing from the shipping line is the container itself. So if you do, so and you have a certain amount of time it's called free time from say maybe 4 to 8 days from when the container lands that you have to to get that container to the warehouse, get it unloaded and have it returned to the to the shipping yard. If you take more time than that then they charge you what's known as demurrage um, which is usually around $125 a day. So uh, again an- another thing you want to avoid
0: yes indeed um, well thank you very much for clearing that up grant um so focusing more on the, the current situation in which we find ourselves the the COVID era what are some of the, the biggest impacts that you're seeing on trucking and shipping
1: to, uh, where to start rory uh i mean it's impacted everything but the most salient aspects for ocean freight would, would certainly be the number of cancelled voyages or Blank sailings, as they're known in industry, in parlance, uh, and disruptions to container supplies. Um, for trucking, it's it's pretty across the board. You've, you've got reductions in freight uh, and then reductions in available equipment uh, with, the, with containers being stuck in terminal yards uh, and then fewer drivers. Um, you know, we talk about the, quote unquote, supply chain. Uh, but events like the past two months really show what a, to me, like what a limited term that is. To me, and you have to bear with me because it's a little bit hokey, but I find it more useful to think of it as a supply river. Because uh, uh, what happens when a chain breaks? When a chain breaks, two sections just kind of like, you know, fall to the ground and two things that were connected aren't connected. Um, but what we're seeing now is all the knock-on effects of when a flow is disrupted um, things start pooling, uh, you know if a flows are shrub, things start pooling and spilling over uh, and causing damages related to those kinds of events, and then downstream, things start to dry up and things stop moving, and the things that keep the river healthy start to to suffer.
0: yeah I love I love his analogy. I think it's I think it's very good Grant, I think we can definitely definitely use it again in the future. <laughs> Um so let's uh let's talk a bit more about the congestion and the delays that we've been reading a lot about and that you've kind of mentioned before um, what's yeah what, what, what's going on some examples what, what's happening right now
1: um let's and particularly along routes originating or ending in Asia, obviously uh, there's uh, blank sailings, these cancelled routes. Um, we've had to scramble to rebook, for example, we've had to scramble to rebook containers from Nicaragua when the shipping line that we had booked, uh, basically blanked the sailings that they were doing from, uh, from Nicaragua to the U.S. West coast. Um, we've had a London bound container that had to be routed up to Rotterdam, uh, because there wasn't any space available, uh, at the port in London, um. Thankfully, we've, we're seeing some of these issues easing. Uh, I mean, there's a real concern about containers building up on the West Coast, but a few shipping lines organized to get, I think, around 5,000 empty containers uh, on ships heading back to China. So that concern has been alleviated. And there was a, a similar bottleneck worry in, uh, in New York, New Jersey, uh, ports uh, regarding terminal space, but that also seems to have subsided. Uh, and so I should I should say like both of those kind of are good examples of, of just how incredibly dynamic the situation is, um, and uh, you know talking about supply rivers I mean things are are really fluid uh, you know the headlines that are giving you nightmares from last week you can read something and and see that it's the the situation has been resolved so so that's encouraging.
0: Yeah. Also, kind of going back to the supply river coined by. <laughs> um, coffee is still being produced and people are still drinking the coffee um, but everything in between is being disrupted so how has the situation changed since everything kicked off in late February you're saying just now that there's uh, certain things that you hear about one week and then the, the next week is resolved um, but in terms of moving coffee and releases how, how have you seen this situation kind of evolve
1: um, I think we've been very fortunate overall uh, all things considered um, none of the concerns that kept uh, people like me up at night, like a, a warehouse closing due to a, a COVID outbreak, or interstate commerce grinding to a halt due to quarantine restrictions, um, neither of those things have come to pass, and hopefully won't. It's the sound of me knocking loudly loud on wood table. Um, initially, everyone, you know, everywhere was was holding their breath, waiting to see. If everything just would come to a full stop, but the yeah. the federal and state guidance kept things moving along roasters to roast, grocery stores to sell, and and parcels from roasteries to be sent. Um, yeah. I, I feel at this point obliged to give a special nod of appreciation to the warehouse teams that have adapted work protocols. Uh, you know, the the office teams are are working from home. Uh, the warehouse crew are working in split shifts. Uh, you know, they're taking and, and you know, adding all kinds of sanitation measures to to keep green coffee moving uh, and to, to keep themselves healthy. Um, and that's along with the truckers who've been on the road during all of this. Uh, there were definitely a few weeks when the, the highway wasn't a particularly hospitable place to be. You know, there were closures of some uh, state-operated rest areas and lack of places to get food, and some businesses didn't even want to let drivers use their restrooms. Um, so that that made a, a stressful situation that much more difficult. Um, as things are starting to open up, uh, a, a lot of those issues have, have thankfully eased.
0: Um, so like from your point of view, what has been the biggest impact on I'm freight and also, it'll be interesting to know what you think kind of needs to change, that needs to happen. Obviously, you just mentioned things that are beginning to open up a little bit more, which should help, hopefully. Um, but to improve the situation, what what needs to happen?
1: Um, again, from, from our perspective, we've been pretty fortunate so far in terms of avoiding the 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 worser case scenarios if i can yeah. use that term um or if we've encountered them it's it's been pretty mild like the the london bound freight getting redirected um nothing's gotten stuck anywhere um but it's worth noting that even a relatively minor alteration like that adding just four days of transit time uh has its own consequences when the when mm. the river is flowing smoothly things are sequenced incredibly tightly um yeah you know like booked uh snout to tail as i've heard somebody say so when you lose that initial arrival date you have to rebook the truck to move it from the yard to the warehouse do they have an available slot nope the next window is in four days um then it's yeah. unloaded on a friday at the warehouse but you don't get the stripping report or wait certificate until monday and all of a sudden that one delay has made for a 25 percent longer transit time
0: and so if you lose um one of these slots, apart from the time loss, do you end up having to pay as well? Pay extra? Are there fees involved?
1: Uh, no. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to pay extra. Um, but it's but it's certainly possible that, like, in the event that the that you lose your appointment and they can't and they don't have any spaces for you know, for nine days, it's possible that then you then have to pay a a, a demurrage charge. Um. So, so it can actually not, you know, the whole like time is money thing that can become very literal uh, when when you encounter these these kinds of situations.
0: Yeah. So, we've seen certain freight companies that deal specifically with, with drugs and with food items. They have seen a surge in business. To what extent is coffee also part of this in demand type of item um, at this point in time?
1: Um, uh, a lot of us in the industry have remarked at some point in our careers. Uh, and I say this only half, half jokingly about how, quote, quote, essential coffee is. Uh, so it wasn't really too surprising to see it fall under that umbrella as far as allowing the movement of it with warehouses staying open. I mean, my own little quip has been that one advantage of the coffee business has is that caffeine withdrawal has been clinically proven to cause mild flu-like symptoms. Um, and I just don't think anybody's keen to worry about that whether they're feeling that, uh, is, is due to a lack of coffee or to, to something else. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but I think the resilience that we've seen in people still buying coffee speaks to just how important, a, a morning cup of coffee can be, um, not just for delivering its, you know, its boost of clarity or, or alertness. But you know, providing a, a really tangible lifeline to what n- normal used to be—you uh, know, whether it's going to you know a, a safety outfitted cafe for a curbside pickup or brewing something at home to enjoy while you're doom scrolling—I don't know if you've heard that term, but you <laughs> oh, know, God, you're just, like, you're just going 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 <laughs> through your phone, uh, you know, reading the the latest developments. Um, that that sense of routine um, and you know the notion of coffee shops as as local institutions, um, you know it. You know both those things in the in the best senses of those terms uh, of what coffee can provide. That's that's really come to the fore. I think um, I read a quote from a cafe patron saying, "You know, coming to your coffee shop makes me feel like everything's still okay." You know, not great. You know, just okay. You know, and okay means a lot right now. Um, So, you know, I think that what we facilitate with our our work, and specialty coffee, um, even helping people just get to to okay, you know, every day means a lot.
0: Uh, Without a doubt. It definitely does. And I think think you're right. We're all looking for ways to make our routine more normal or more normal to how it used to be. Um, And whether that's exercise or it's being able to go and buy a coffee, like you said, from the place you normally buy a coffee from, even if it is. A slightly different experience, or or it means that you have a slightly new hobby at home where you're you're making more coffee at home and you want to improve, improve on that. Um, I think that's great, and we've seen a lot of a lot of roasters kind of complementing this by offering um, trainings and offering you know educational um, sessions on where the coffee's coming from, what what all the details on the coffee bag mean, uh, how to brew the perfect the perfect coffee with the coffee that you have, um, and the the implements that you have in your house so yeah I think you're totally right getting to okay and getting to a sense of uh, a sense of normality is is really important for everyone right now um moving on a little bit um it's been suggested that uh, you know we'll see a surge in freight items for certain luxury grocery goods so this has has been seen in the past in, um, in recessions where people start buying certain luxury goods to have at home instead of going out to have uh, an experience which is going to be more expensive. So it's kind of like subsidizing um, your, your going out with something nice at home so you feel like you can, you can enjoy a, a nice moment with a, with a nice product. Um, and we're definitely seeing a lot of roasters who are focused, focused on this niche uh, selling like a luxury microdot or something. Um, and if you have a really good online presence, some people seem to be faring quite well in this situation. Do you think this bodes well for specialty coffee and its supply and its availability um, and particularly for better better quality, higher scoring lots?
1: Uh, That's a good question. Uh, I think everyone agrees that the best way forward for specialty coffee is to continue to grow awareness of it, appreciation for it, uh, and to really inculcate the belief that each dollar vote that you channel towards specialty coffee, not only provides immediate pleasure in that moment, But is also a a really critical investment in a sustainable framework for coffee. Um, Obviously, not every cup of coffee does that. Some only take care of the first part, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I think we've all had cups of coffee that didn't do either. Um, But it's my hope that one of the silver linings to come out of this is an increase in people discovering the delights of brewing at home, the the tinkering, the tweaking, um, the closeness. coffee that you get when you brew it yourself um i think you know we're all running a deficit uh in that regard uh, in terms of closeness um you know on the cafe side i think this could eventually rekindle some of the older more people-centric aspects of a cafe visit Um, laptops and smartphones obviously none of that stuff is going away but, you know, if, if we progress to a point where social distancing eases, I think it will, will, people will be more in touch with their need for that kind of human contact and, and more attuned to the limits of what technology is able to provide. Um, you know, the, all, all that being said, there's definitely going to be a lot fewer of those dollar votes available for, for some of the foreseeable future. But, you know, but I think specialty coffee can still deliver value at a variety of price points.
0: I think I think it's really interesting what you were just saying and this really is a moment for for reflection. Everyone says this when when something ends, when something they take for granted ends. When you take normality for granted and I guess for many of us for much of our lives we did take our own normality for granted. Which sounds like a very strange thing, but interesting interesting the idea that when when things return to a to a slightly more normal state it'll be interesting to see if if we'll be able to remember the things that we we missed and the, the contact and the the connection and it definitely has the potential to, to go in that direction. So we're on the last question here um, and what, it's, it's a big one, you know, like, what do you think are the, the future implications in terms of freight? This, you know, COVID is having an impact on everyone and it's changing the way everyone does business and will likely change the way we do business forever for the rest of our lives how is
1: this going to affect freight um wow uh you know it feels like that answer depends on on what day i'm answering this uh but you know some of the writing on the wall seems to be in pretty big letters already um the, you know if, uh, on the macro ocean freight side uh you know it looks like the trends toward these you know ul ultra large container vessels um you know, I, I, I think that trend is going to ebb, uh, just as th- there's you know a pretty serious retrenchment in terms of global trade. Um, yeah, and
0: so so we'll be seeing less of these these large uh, cargos.
1: Yeah, because because those only are you know those are only attractive if they're totally full. You know, like like that's where you get the savings is the is the economy of scales with those. And you know if if they're not going to be full all the time, then it just, and then it's and then it's not cost effective to to run them, uh, and so and for not cost effective to build them, uh, you know. In my line of work, you know, reading the the trade publications to read about how you know you know people that work on this stuff, they're building projections for what kind of vessels we're going to need in twenty fifty. You know, so people are, are working thirty years out I'm um, trying to figure out what the what the what the freight demands are going to be. Um, you know, we're used to working with like a quarterly or you know like what, like what's next year going to look like or or five years. Um, but you know, you see the date twenty fifty all the time when you read about this stuff. Um, so so yeah, so you know certainly you know between you know there already were kind of you know protectionist. Uh, you know rumblings uh in in global trade and and you know the the covid crisis is, uh you know is only going to exacerbate that in terms of shifting things from to to a more regional trade than than global um uh you know on the on the on the trucking side and you know i apologize if a lot of this is is kind of us centric um, but it's it's certainly going to you know in in 2018 with the economy booming, uh, there was a, a real shortage of trucks uh, and drivers, uh, and so that made freight uh, very expensive and, and really just hard to get. You know, it's like there there would be times where you book a, a a shipment and the the driver just wouldn't show up, or if the driver did show up, you know we'd get a you know a cell phone photo from the warehouse saying, Hey, do you want me to load this? And it'd be like a picture of like a rotted out trailer, you know, with a, with a hole in the bottom of it. Uh, and we would say, no, you know, actually, can we just wait and <laughs> please send another truck? Uh, you know, cause we don't want, uh, you know, exhaust fumes going into the, going into the trailer. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, certainly through the end of the year, you know, I, I think there's going to be a, uh, a, a shortage of, of, freight drivers you know given the 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 contraction in goods to be shipped um, and it's gonna it's gonna take a while to, to get out of that so um, so far we haven't had any any horror stories in terms of uh, somebody uh, you know releasing pallets of coffee and them not uh, not arriving or there being a, a big delay uh, but we've started to see pallets arriving you know with damage uh, for like like through four cold Oh yeah, you know, like th- through forklift holes and, and.
0: And you think that's just because um, I don't know people are overworked. Um, there's less like quality. Exactly, control. exactly.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's you know uh, you know it's like oh the last time I saw this was in 2018 when you know when people you know the the terminals you know if, if you ship something across country uh, you know it can it can stop at at seven different terminals and it, you know it needs to get unloaded and reloaded. Um, and you know, I've heard stories about you know somebody going to, to visit one of these terminals and seeing a forklift driver unloading a forklift by just driving it really fast and then and then hitting the brakes and having <laughs> having the pallet just like having the skid literally skid off oh, man. Uh, off of the forklift. Um, that's crazy. So, and that's just because because the, the the labor was so tight, you know. And in that case. It was, uh, you know, the things were booming, so so they just couldn't find enough experienced workers, you know. And in this case, uh, things are so lean, you know. I think that they that they're having to run re- really thin staff, um, and so it's, and so yeah. In, in both cases, it's more work than than there is than the 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 staff can handle.
0: It's a very interesting point you just made there the comparison between 2018 and now and yeah how although they're totally different scenarios the impacts on freight are quite similar so it will be very interesting to see how this develops. So Grant thank you so much for your time. These are all the questions that I that I have for you today. Thank you, yeah. Thank you for your really thoughtful answers and for updating us on what is going on right now with COVID and well, for helping me and I'm sure everyone else understand a little bit more about the complications of moving coffee. There's, there's a lot there that I, that I wasn't aware of, I've got to be honest. So um, yeah, really, really great to chat to you and, and understand a bit more about this.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Uh, we should do it again uh, when we've got more, uh, you know, some, some positive developments to report and just ch- check back in.
0: I'll be interested in doing it in a few months and uh, see if your predictions have come true. Uh, yes. <laughs> a sequel a sequel it? so this was Grant Taneel is North American Logistics Coordinator thank you Grant for being part of this episode of Origin Compass any questions that weren't covered in this episode please feel free to get in touch on any of our social media platforms and thank you very much for listening